Good evening and welcome to a very special Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. It is our 2022 Pirates season preview. And even if the Pirates aren't going to cooperate, Jim Stam was nice enough to come along and join for the show. And (laughs) I appreciate you being here and being tidy about your time, unlike Mr. Charrington, who's our newly minted... uh, Prince Valium, I would think, is what we got to call him. He's just slow to the to the trigger here on he, naming the roster. He really is. You would think that um, us podcasters and bloggers we would be at the very top of the list of uh, people <laughs> of importance, but apparently we're not. And uh, yeah, so we are scrambling here a little bit with the roster, as they appear to be, and. Um, um, yeah, so, but hey, at least we've made it here, Gary, because there were times over, you know, the off season and the lockout where we just kind of, um, hey, we always had plenty to talk about, but man, it's just good to now talk about baseball. Yeah, I mean, there was, there was that whole period of time where you just weren't sure we were going to have baseball and, you know, here we are, you know, the show, we just celebrated a year anniversary and because of the way everything shook out, this is really our first like season opener episode, isn't it? You know, That's right. I mean, so I'm pretty excited about it. And um, really thanks to everybody at uh, DK Pittsburgh sports for giving us a little extra airtime this week on, and being uh-huh. gracious. And uh, thanks to Smitty and Tyler over at around the four one two. boy, did we have a good time on their show. If you haven't checked that out, we were on their show on Monday. A lot of Got- fun. Got to talk so. pirates and uh, and some Steelers and some Penguins and also too. Let's hey, let's thank everybody that listens because oh, yeah. if if we didn't have uh, the 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 number of listeners we have and um, you know uh, there's a push for this kind of stuff and uh, DK signed off on this pretty quickly. So that's that's uh, because there's a demand for it and we're happy to provide it. Yeah, good stuff, man. I'm super stoked to be here. So. You know, here we are. We're ready to set sail on another Pittsburgh Pirates baseball season. And uh, I guess this is probably going to be a new tradition, us doing a a season preview. And I'm excited about it. I think we should start with the meat and potatoes, right? Let's go with the pitching staff. Okay. Let's start with the starting rotation. We know what it is. JT Brubaker, Mitch Keller, Jose Quintana, Zach Thompson, and Bryce Wilson, at least that's where we're going to start. So, hey, what do you what do you think? And and I think what I want to frame everything we talk about today in is first, is it better or worse than last year? And basically, what you think you're going to get out of them this year? Yeah, I th- I think um, there are two ways to look at it. It's one just as a separate group, what do they look like? And also, yeah, you're comparing them a little bit to last year and you want to see if there are, you know, some upgrades in there um, or that there's potential for that. And um, my, uh, 
you know, quick answer and we'll dive into it. But yeah, I mean, I think on both fronts looks a little better. Um, you know, so I think, uh, really the only one that kind of struggled, uh, in spring training big time was Quintana. And we've seen some good stuff out of Keller. We saw some good stuff out of Thompson. So I just, I think, um, yeah, I think Brubaker, I think he'll get back on track a little bit. We'll see how much. Yeah, but, right. And I, and I think Bryce Wilson still got some room to grow. So I, I, I think there's a potential there. There's a, there's a higher ceiling. I think that's exactly the word I was going to go to, Jim, was ceiling. This team has more across the board, I think we'll discover as we go through the entire roster. As we know it, thank you very much, Ben. Um, yeah, it's, I think, got a higher capability for growth. So, in other words, um, I may not think Zach Thompson is a world beater, but I see a lot of bits and pieces that I like. And a certain few things I feel he needs to clean up a little bit, but nothing that looks like earth shattering. We're not talking about like, oh, the shape of his pitches just is never going to work and complement each other. Or the fastball is just not good enough. Or he doesn't have good enough control. He does. 90% of the time he does. That 10% is what he needs to work on. Sure. Bryce which Wilson's isn't, the same which way. Which isn't a lot of like, unlike a lot of pitchers, they, they, they tend to have some areas refined and they've still got a few that they need to work on if they're going to make that next jump. Right. And like, and Jose Quintana, he is what he is. He's a veteran pitcher. Um, I think his, I think his best days are long since behind him. I don't expect much out of him. I also don't really care. He's an innings eater and a proven innings eater. I've seen him do it. It's on his record. If they, if they get that out of him, it's a win. I don't care if they get any trade value out of him. I, I'm not really prospect hungry anymore. I don't care if they um, get a full season out of him. I don't care if he's kicked out of the rotation by May 31st. It really, <laughs> In fact, part of me thinks he's there just so somebody's easy to get rid of. So I, I don't really care to hear, to talk much about Quintana, and it's not that I just want to glaze over him. It's that he's really not kind of part of what I'm looking at this year. I'm looking at those other four. Yeah, he, he's not really uh, – he's not important. Like, you, like I think this is really what you were trying to say uh, in, in, you know. Doesn't mean he can't be good. Doesn't mean he can't give you something. Doesn't mean we can't be like, oh, yeah, Jose did good today. Mm-hmm. Just means like I'm not going to sit here and forecast out what Jose Quintana could mean to 2022. I don't expect him to be here all season, one way or another. Yeah, he's either, so. he's, either he'll, he's going to pitch himself out of Pittsburgh one way or the other. <laughs> exactly, and uh, and uh, you, you you know what I mean by that. So right. So the point is like I don't care. I mean I just don't care. I hope he does well, but yeah, because even if I mean even if the guy pitches. Uh, above grade and you're actually getting something out of him. I mean, he's, he's not going to move the needle when they go to, I mean, we yeah. already have enough of the type of prospects that he would tend to acquire at a deadline. And, right. um, you know, we've seen a little bit in spring training to make you a little nervous. So yeah, the other guys are where you want to focus, right? I mean, exactly. And, and, and all the other thing I was going to say is just, just a lot, just in the sign 
where the signs uh, um, crow in Peters being pushed to uh, bullpen rolls of some sort gives you an indication that there are some improvements there on paper. Now what we'll a see. segue, my friend, because we're going to go right into the bullpen when we come oh, back wow. from the break. It's All almost, right. It's almost like you understood the format. It really is. Well, you know. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. And we're back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Jim and Gary with you. And uh, we just left off talking about the starting pitching, which, you know, it's funny. We, we dedicated the smallest segment to the starting pitching, but it's easily the most important and impactful part of, of any baseball team. But I don't really know what more to say besides there's growth potential there. That's kind of what we're looking for. So let's get yeah. into the relievers a little bit, right? And, yeah, and, let, and let, let me just add this too, just real quick is, you know, when we are talking about room for improvement and ceiling, you know, that's within um, a degree of reasonableness. You know, I don't yeah. think either of us are sitting here looking at this saying, my God, these the, the, the top four starters of the Pirates are just, you know, we're, <laughs> we're, we don't need to be ranking them in the, in the National League right now. Let's just say that there's some there's some yeah. hope that, that it's a better unit, right? Let's just say we have a healthy suspicion this is not the early '90s Braves. I think, <laughs> Correct. I think that's fair to say, but I do think that you know, Mitch Keller has the pedigree to be a lot closer to the prospect that was coming up than what he's been since he made the major leagues. And he's kind of shown that in spring. Bryce Wilson was a high, highly touted prospect that rocketed through the Braves system and kind of stalled out. I'm starting to see some signs from him that he's maturing and he's getting ready to kind of put his sea legs under him a little bit. Uh Um, I really like the potential of Thompson. Me too. But I I worry about Thompson as a sustainable element. I don't see the consistency from him that I'd like to see. JT Brubaker, I think um, he's always been a fraction of an inch away from figuring it out. And I think that's where he is now. And, and from what I heard in uh, Alex Stump's mound visit this week and my own kind of digging around talking about the same subject, uh-huh. really feels like four-seam fastball placement is at the, the heart of his issue. And it does seem as though the team and JT have identified it. I expect JT to take a good step forward this year. I really, really do. So... Jose Quintana remains the only guy I don't care about. <laughs> right. No, I I agree. And uh, I think that that's why some of the guys we're also going to talk about in um, bullpen roles are also guys that maybe do have a little bit of flexibility right. and what, what we might be able to get out of them. So, 
We should also say we don't really know what the bullpen's going to 100% look like yet, again, because we don't have the full roster yet. Uh, like, we know that Sam Howard's going to start on the IL. So mm-hmm. he was somebody I had penciled in. Uh, I don't believe it's going to be Ikoff, who I just saw got options. So some, there's a hole somewhere there. Sure. Um, we we, we have a good be. idea. We have a good idea, but there are a few loose ends. Yeah, I mean, I've even kind of seen some people floating around. It could be Miguel Yajure that starts up here in the bullpen. And I wouldn't even have a, a big problem with that, actually. What we do know is Dylan Peters, Will Crow, Aaron Fletcher, David Bednar, Chris Stratton, Anthony Banda, Heath Hembry, and Dwayne Underwood Jr. will all be in the bullpen. And, man, uh, I think it's pretty even for last year, really. I don't think it got much better. But I do think that this year we know what David Bednar is. Uh-huh. We know what Chris Stratton is. I think we feel pretty good about Dylan Peters. Will Crow, I think you and I have both expressed we like out of the bullpen. Aaron Fletcher, I don't know. Heath Hembry, I I don't know. Is he what he has become the last few years? Did he get overused to the point where he don't have anything left? Or can he recapture what he did in Boston? If so, that's a hell of an effective righty. Yeah, he's he's actually had a pretty darn good track record. It's just kind of funny how little we've heard about him and Fletcher, and almost like they were going to have them on the roster regardless. Um, right. A little curious, uh, you know. I haven't. I just. I maybe maybe people have done some more digging on that and seen some things. I just haven't seen a lot on either of them. I've seen them both pitch. They both looked okay. Um, I wouldn't say anything special. Heath Hembry was going to make the team as soon as he signed that contract. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Fletcher, though, yeah, I didn't think that was a guarantee. But he looks okay. I don't think he has the greatest control. I was actually a little – I, I kind of was flip-flopping between him and Anthony Banda being the second lefty, you know, besides Dylan Peters. So not 100% sure that I buy in on him yet, but okay. And Dwayne Underwood ate up a ton of innings last year. That's what he's here for. I actually think they're going to probably plan to abuse him again this year because Derek Shelton really, really likes doing that with him. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked if, even though he has a ton of control, this is Dwayne Underwood's last year as a Pirate because I think much like uh, Mike Tomlin likes to run the wheels off running backs, Derek Shelton likes to run the arm off of a reliever. And you usually do see that carryover sometimes. So yeah. he's a guy that, you know, you you kind of circle and go, okay, innings eater, but how good of an innings eater can he be this year after getting road like he did last year? Yeah. That said, because the starting rotation was weaker last year, so was the long relief. So maybe um, having a Dylan Peters and a Will Crow in your bullpen – kind of changes the treatment of Underwood because he doesn't have to be the two, three inning guy every time now. They've yeah, got he was almost, options. Yeah, he almost seemed like exclusively the guy that they were going to do yeah. that with. He, he did their garbage innings. He did their two, three extended innings. And then every once in a while, they'd toss him in in like the seventh and expect him to hold a lead. Yeah. So 
you can't have one guy do all that stuff. That's, I mean, like how many guys are like that really Miller? I mean, like that's about the only one I can think of. So I think, uh, I think we might see his role change slightly this year, but if not, I don't know how long he has of a shelf life because it's a lot of innings that he ate last year before he got hurt. So let me, let me ask you this because, um, they mentioned this already in uh, spring training. I don't know if it was Shelton. might have been Shelton. Talking about this, how they're not going to kind of define any roles by name. Um, even with Stratton and Bednar, even though we kind of know kind of what they're going to be, how they're going to be used. Um, what do you make of that? I, I know they're just titles, but um, what do you make of it? I mean, the cynic in me makes of it that they plan on having so many moving parts to this whole thing. Why would you bother naming people as far as what they're going to be? Um, David Bednar is the closer. They may not want to use the word, but that's what he's going to be. I, I just can't see anybody else doing it. Stratton, I guess. But let's be honest. We went over that list, right? Uh-huh. Come on. Stratton's not going to be here at the end of the year. You know, like, I was surprised he was here at the end of last year. Me too. So, you know, and they settled arbitration with him, which is kind of funny, given the given the circumstances. But you mean I, you don't have to do a, a trial and file on on every player? You don't. You don't. Even your if, important ones. You don't. And if you listen to Dayon's um, coverage of it, uh, Ben Charrington didn't want it to happen either. So somebody screwed screwed ye old pooch. Interesting. Yeah, but uh, of course they won't name who screwed ye old pooch. But no, no, we, we could always uh, check indeed for pirates front office openings if we want to find out. <laughs> um, let's uh, let's move on. I think huh? I think it's time to start talking about the position players because let's start with the big question mark catcher. Mm-hmm. We know Roberto Perez is going to be the starter. Um, many of us, including, I think you and I assumed Michael Perez would probably find his way into the backup role again, whether he deserved it or not. But breaking news is that within probably by the time this airs tomorrow, we will know who the backup catcher is. Apparently they are signing someone from outside the organization. According to Derek Shelton, I think I saw it reported by Jason Mackey. So, I mean, we obviously can't evaluate somebody that's not here, but stands to reason the Pirates think he's better than Michael Perez. So don't get your hopes too high, (laughs) but better than Michael Perez. And that's great because we've only been crying about that for the entire offseason. What I want to know is why it took them all spring to figure that out. Because it wasn't somebody that was just DFA'd if they're trying to sign him because they would just claim him if it was that. Right. So I don't even know who this could be or how they're working it. Maybe it's even a trade for all I know. But Th- that's what that's what popped into my mind. I'm like, are they actually just going to make a trade and get someone? And I mean, not anything that's, you know, breaking news, put it at the bottom of the ESPN ticker type trade. I'm just saying like a transaction to get someone that's capable of, catching a major league ball game on, on a basic level. But Gary, it's just been weird. Um, 
going if it's back, just somebody that can catch on a basic level, you have that. So it's got to be somebody they think can hit better than him, right? Yeah, I mean, he didn't hit in spring training either, so it looks like they were like, okay, we're, we've seen enough of that. He, it's no better than it was last year. Um, but it's just from the whole Stallings to the Perez thing to leaving, knowing what Perez is and his age and everything that's, you know, the concern with him and his durability. And here we are sitting, you know, essentially on the eve of uh, uh, games and not addressing what is uh, – it's not backup quarterback in the NFL. Like, these guys have to play a little Jim, bit. I mean, what did we say before the show? I could argue <laughs> if your team doesn't know your roster by the time spring training wraps up, you're probably not a good team, right? <laughs> I mean, like <laughs> – yeah, yeah, I mean, that's probably, uh, yeah, we could probably just end it right there and say, okay, folks, well, <laughs> let's wrap it up. Uh, I guess that answers that. Yeah. But, so, I mean, no, you know, I just, it's just strange that, like, backup catchers are important. They have to play. I mean, unless you've got just a young, you know, stud back there that's just, you're running them out there 140 games a year. Here we are. What are I have doing? questions about waiting this long to finally pull the trigger on something uh, because I, if, if you put a lot of stock in needing to learn the pitching staff, which Roberto Perez certainly does, I don't understand it. I think you should have addressed this a long time ago. And if I sign somebody that was left on the free agent list, I'm going to be really irritated. Because they could have done this a long time ago. If it's a trade, okay, that's different. Maybe it took a while for it to come together. Or somebody had to play their way into proving their usefulness before that trade could happen or something. I get it. If it's somebody that I saw on the free agent board before, yeah. What are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, for, for, for for an organization that when they speak, they like to act like they always have a plan. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a plan. Right. You know, so um, it's just curious. And like we said, this might be ironed out by the time uh, uh, everyone's listening to this tomorrow. And then then we'll just follow up on it on our regular regular show. And then we can really dissect it because um, it's really one of the last pieces of the roster on that side. There's there's maybe one other one, but. Catcher right. was the big one. Backup catcher. And I, and I would say catcher in general. Best case scenario, you say this is pretty much a wash to last year. If Roberto Perez can catch more than he ever has in his career, then you probably have to say, yeah, this is a success. It's a wash. If not, which is what I expect, eh, it's about the same skill-wise, but it's going to go down a little bit in productivity just because you got to have a backup do it more. Yeah. It, and and let me let me bring up this part that I do think is is a little bit um, curious, and by a little I mean a lot. Roberto Perez goes out and uh, you know tears his knee up, breaks his wrist, breaks his hand. Here we are trying to run out a guy that maybe even isn't shouldn't even have to play that much handling a pitching staff trying to get on board with helping develop guys i mean that is just not i i can't imagine sleeping well at night 
regardless if you think it's going to be a crappy year or not record-wise, you've still got guys you're trying to get to develop and see what you're doing with them. It, and to leave point. them that – I mean, to leave it that – I mean, baseball has freak injuries every day. He could fall out of bed tomorrow morning. It's just it's, – It's a tremendous point. And, and I, I always like to remind people, I wanted a new and competent backup when Stallings was here. In other words, I would have loved this Roberto Perez signing, even if Stallings was here. Mm-hmm. I would have loved the signing if Stallings was here. Again, we just talked about the potential of Thompson. We know that we like some of the guys that came back from that deal. It's not as though we hate the the move entirely. I hated the timing of it. Because they unnecessarily created a problem for this team for the next couple years that was solved enough to just leave it go. That's all. Yep. Now, if Kyle Nicholas is a star, okay. Okay. I shut up. Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, like, like I said, we'll we'll know a little bit more here. We can dive into it more. But man, I'm just—I don't know how as a GM you sleep well at night, knowing you're literally one bad play away from not really having anybody all that competent to catch a major league pitching staff for maybe right. a long time. And I don't want to spend our entire show talking about. The I know. I know. I'll shut position. up about backup but, catchers. But no, I don't want to spend the whole show talking about it, but I will say I get the strong impression that he had to be strong-armed into getting somebody. It makes me feel like Derek Shelton was like literally on the on like the last day like I am not comfortable with Michael Perez. Please get me someone. Yeah. And and finally Ben was like, "All right, all right. Fine, I'll do it." It's... You're going to talk to Dayon, aren't you? I'll do it. <laughs> you know, what I mean, like something like that. Anyways, let's move on to third base because, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's a much easier position. Cabrian yes. Hayes is a starter and sounds like, um, according to Jason Mackey again, that he's on target to be the actual starter on opening day um, mm-hmm. despite his little hiccup with his ankle. That's great. Looks like Hoy Park, Michael Chavez, and Diego Castillo will be his backups. Okay. Overall, I think third base, that's better. Just uh, a healthy haze, and I like the backups better. Mm-hmm. Philip Evans and, and, a, and a decrepit Todd Frazier were the backups <laughs> last year when we started the season. So, the Todd Frazier thing seems like it was 38 years ago, and maybe in pirate years it feels like that. But uh, Well, I mean, just, overall, you have to feel the position took an upgrade, right? The, oh, yeah, definitely. Right. Shortstop, of course, interesting. Kevin Newman's the starter. Everybody's super happy about that. Uh, Diego Castillo, Hoy Park, and Cole Tucker are your backups. Um, you're going to hear those names as backups a lot because I, I believe that's the plan is to have a whole bunch of utility guys on this team. So uh-huh. uh, I kind of took this as a little bit of a step forward again for the backups. I like the options they have more than I liked Eric Gonzalez as a backup and, and uh, an unproven Cole Tucker. And we didn't even have Hoy Park. Diego Castillo wasn't involved. You know, Evans started to forget. Well, either forget how to play or remembered how to play. (laughs) And 
So yeah, like I mean, you're getting you're getting rid of guys like that, right. scuffling Cole Tucker. Eric Gonzalez looked like, I mean, looked Eric great Gonzalez. in the field. Could yeah, couldn't hit. Um, so yeah, they're they're slight improvements. So second base, um, another one that I don't know here. I have Cole Tucker as the probable starter. But I could easily make that Diego Castillo, especially with some of the news that we got for the outfield coming up. Um, it feels to me like Cole Tucker might be destined to start in the outfield. So we'll see. But second base, you've got Cole Tucker, Diego Castillo, Hoy Park, Michael Chavis, and Josh Van Meter. We, we seem to like our middle infielders here in Pittsburgh all of a sudden, don't we? Well... Are they and I say we, I mean, or are they the, you? Are they utility? Yeah, it's fair. Um, I'm still going to go out on a limb and say they're just going to start Chavis at second. They could, man. I think they're going to start Castillo personally, and I think they'll put Tucker in the outfield. But um, I think the Tucker thing definitely. I just think that that makes sense. He's played out there the most. Um, out of all these types of guys we're talking about, I think. Um, yeah. I I wouldn't be upset with Castillo. Um, well, but I want... we, we said if Castillo was up, mm-hmm. what did we want? Him to play? Yeah. Well. Yeah, that's why playing. I wouldn't be – clearly I wouldn't be upset with it. I just wonder. I just, um, I just wonder if they're actually going to do that or not or if they're just going to – put Chavis in there and then see what happens. Yeah, but they, and they went and got Van Meter for a reason. A reason that I don't understand. But they went and got him. So, you know, chances yeah, that's are... A, it's a curious one. Chances are they're going to let him play, right? So, I think on that, let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we'll finish up the uh, the rotation. Or not the rotation, the position players and then we'll, we'll wrap Get up into, the show. Getting into some predictions, even. All right, and welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum. And during the break, Jim and I got some breaking news. Da, 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 da. The Pirates ESPN. have decided. The Pirates have decided to bring in Andrew Knapp as their backup catcher. Uh, gross. Um, super gross. If you wanted to find somebody that actually rated worse than Michael Perez last year, you found him. And. Uh, <laughs> Michael Perez was number 65 in FWAR, and Andrew Knapp was number 68. That's not good. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that's exciting, but we've talked enough about catching, and I figured might as well bring it full circle and tell you what they actually decided to do. Uh, Yay. I feel absolutely no better, and you really had to work to make me feel not better. About yeah, Michael Perez. The bar was pretty low, and uh, somehow, somehow we've uh, 
maybe gone below it a little bit. Um, yeah. Real quick, real quick, he had a decent 2020, close to 100 plate appearances. But this is a guy that's had over 700 uh, career at-bats now, and um, he's 30 or 31 years old. It's not a lot. He's a body. He has a pulse. Let me put it this way. He was the Jamie Ritchie of the Cincinnati Reds camp this year. Yeah. There you go. That's what we got. Um, catching is a problem. I feel they've mangled this position. And no matter what you think of Ben Sherrington, they have mangled catching of their own volition. Again, He's- it could all work and make me eat crow, but I hate the way they've handled it. He's he's one injury away from four or five hundred at bats. So, yes, which is frightening. So, <laughs> let's move on to and, and, moving, and moving on now. Well, being thirty himself too, like let's not act like this is a kid that can squat back there for one hundred and twenty games. We has to because he can't. Um, Henry Davis, get get here sooner rather than later. That's all please, I can say. Please, please start wearing batting gloves because I don't want to hear you broke your finger. <laughs> all right. Um, First base, we got to pick up where we left off. We've got Yoshi Tusugo. He's the starter, no doubt. Daniel Vogelbach, Michael Chavis, yep. and Ben Gamble I have just as an emergency backup, but he's still there. I also, I didn't see it listed on his list of capabilities, but I would assume Josh Van Meter could probably handle that position if he had to. I would assume... Diego Castillo could if he had to. So, uh, uh, Pro- uh, Hoy Park could do it. We've seen him play sure. enough positions. So, yeah, there's there's plenty. Right. Um, overall, I have this as a little bit of an upgrade. I was pretty down on Colin Moran. He's a power hitter that didn't hit for power. So I think Yoshi's a power hitter that's going to pop some over the wall this year. I Again, I don't really expect him to finish his season in Pittsburgh. But... It's hard for me to, to say that a position didn't upgrade when that list I just read off is replacing Colin Moran, Philip Evans, Eric Gonzalez, and John Nagowski. The big uh, Nagowski. Overall, overall upgrade to everyone, Michael Stroman. Yeah. Or Marcus Stroman, sorry. Yeah, Marcus Stroman. Anyways, you know, what do you think, man? Uh, marginally better. Um, it all hinges, I think on Yoshi, um, you know, if, if, if he can provide some semblance of, uh, what he looked like at the end of the last, not the end of the last year, but when he was with the pirates, um, that's, that's fine. Let's just hope that he, 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 if he, if he does that, that's fine. I don't even really care if he hits a lot of home runs. Just as long as he's a serviceable major league hitter and can drive in some runs, I'll take that. Right. And there's not much more to say there. It is what it is. And, you know, beyond that, it's keep an eye peeled on Mason Martin, see what he does. And if, if he doesn't look like he's going to progress, you better start figuring out who they're going to move over there because uh, somebody will move. That's really all there is. And it could be one of the outfield guys you think is a surefire right fielder. He could end up being your first baseman. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's going to tell the story. Uh, we move to the outfield. The starters are pretty easy. Brian Reynolds, Ben Gamble. Uh, I know Greg Allen 
won the job, but it looks like he's going to start on the IL, according to Jason Mackey. Uh, sounds to me like the Pirates are going to go into the season with two official outfielders. Boy, that sounds familiar to last year. But this year, they're not they're not going to be digging through um, the waiver wire looking for, for other people. This year, they've got Cole Tucker, Hoy Park, Diego Castillo, who would officially be playing his third game in the outfield, but is officially listed as someone that can handle it. Michael Chavis and Josh Van Meter. So, and Anthony Alford, we should also mention, is on the, the I.L. We're not sure how they're going to handle him yet. But I kind of assumed he was going to be a DFA. Um, because of this injury, we have no idea. Yeah, I think that really... Um... Um, put push that off a little bit. They're not making they they right. can't and they're not making that kind of decision right now. Again, this is just a little weird to me. Um, when you construct construct a major league roster, two two permanent outfielders and a bunch of guys that can play it if you need them to in a pinch, uh, not ideal and certainly, um. It's a shame for guys like Bly Madris, who we were discussed a good bit on around the four one two the other day. Well, that's that's actually a name I was going to bring up because this makes absolutely no sense to go into a season like that with no third real outfielder when you had one that performed in spring. I mean, maybe it's as simple as Alfred's hurt, so they can't. DFA him and remove him from the 40 man and they can't put him on the 60 because they don't want him and they don't they don't want to do something else to clear a spot because they already have to do that to bring in this catcher right so it could be as simple as just a, a 40 man slotting issue but and you know maybe they don't think Allen's all that bad and they'll make it retroactive and and all that so We'll see. I, I think Cole Tucker was going to get a decent amount of playing time out there anyway. So, yeah, I mean, um, and that's that's okay. Uh, he's he finished the season strong last year. He's looked good in spring training, but I would have much rather preferred to see Cole Tucker kind of just bouncing around, getting some at bats, second, short here in the outfield and just give a guy like Blyme address that, that opportunity that I think he's kind of earned and what, and what kind of a message does it send to a guy like right. that? You know, it sends to a guy like that, that you're never done. You know, we, if you're here, we believe you have a shot. Um, I think let's do some rapid fires to finish up here. Okay. Okay. First let's name one prospect. We think uh, is nailed on going to make it up this year. We can, uh, I mean, obviously we can get the... I'll let you pick one pitcher, one position player. Um, Position player. I mean, we can obviously get uh, Cruz out of the way because he's even got some major league experience, and he's also uh, obvious. Um. Give me a second, Gary, because I, I don't want to throw out a name. You you go ahead. You start. 
Okay. Well, I would go with uh, Cruz. Yeah, but I he think... was so easy. I didn't want to. I didn't want to do that one. No, it, it's the truth. I'm not going to yeah. tell people that like it's a guarantee. Kane and Smith and Jigba is going to come up here this year. Uh-huh. You know, I, I think if if you're talking nailed on prospect watch, like these guys are going to come up this year. Yeah, O'Neill Cruz works. I can't even give that tag to Travis Swaggerty. He hadn't swung a bat in two years, like really. So uh-huh. I'm not going to do that. Um, O'Neill Cruz is the guy. I'm fine with that. Okay. And I think uh, Miguel Yajure, if only because I'm more worried about um, Rwanzi and, and arm trouble than I think a lot of people are. I didn't like some of the signs I saw this spring out of the way he was handling himself. And um, I just haven't heard very much about him ever since they, they optioned him. So. I don't know. Yeah. Um, or I'm reassigned gonna... him. Reassigned him before the dictionary police come out after me. We reassigned <laughs> him. Yeah, Anyways. there's a few. There's yeah. a few of those out there. Yeah. Um, I was more thinking about trying to go with some some longer shots. Like if if they just keep doing what they're doing, maybe they force their way up and get a look even earlier than we thought. I'll tell you who I really do like. It, he's almost maybe even one of my favorites in the system. And um, is Andy Rodriguez. Man, I just... I, yeah. Th- th- there's something about that kid. And um, I think we, 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 we tend to talk a lot about some of these other bigger names in the system. I think he's going to force his way up sooner than later. And um, I'm expecting him to have a really, really nice year, and I could see him maybe getting a taste. Maybe, and he's got that position flexibility, which you know they love. So, yeah. All right, so let's jump into another one. Who's playing their last year as a pirate? And I will just—I'll go ahead and say you don't have to say like Yoshi Tsuga or anything. If you want to, you want to try to be a little more obscure, you can. Mine, Kevin Newman. Uh-huh. One way or another, this is Kevin Newman's last year as a pirate, if I had to guess. Kevin Newman. Um, I don't think you're going to see a guy like Vogelbach here any any longer than a year. It's either going to – all these guys are guys that if they, if they show anything that's left, I really just can't imagine it being more than a one-year thing. And then if it's not – then they're gone anyway. Mm, pretty cheap pickup um, next year, though. He is. Um, I, I I guess. Um, I think Stratton. I think this is the the year that he's eventually gone. He's been mentioned yeah. the last couple years, actually. That's a good one. Um, how about how about because it sounds like you have more to say. You might in yeah. The next, you might in the next segment. What's your crazy prediction for this year? Just off the wall, something you don't think anybody's seen. I can start again if you want, because I know I know that I'm surprising you with these. Crazy prediction. I think you start, because I'm struggling with this one. <laughs> well, it's going to be Kevin Newman again. Kevin Newman actually hits this year. The Pirates trade him. Instead of seeing it as making room for O'Neill Cruz, it'll be met with cries that Nutting didn't want to pay him. 
<laughs> well, I, I can tell you that uh, Kevin Newman, if he does that, I'll be dead wrong about him <laughs> because I just don't see it. But yes, that's exactly where it would end up as far as the uh, perception of it. Um, I'll stick with something I said earlier and um, spring training would give me no uh, encouragement for this, but I've said it earlier. So I'm going to stick with it just in the sense of him playing giving him the playing time. If Michael Chavis plays um, and he gets 500 at bats, he'll hit 20 home runs. All right. I like it. I like it. All right. We're coming up to it, everybody. The The record prediction is coming. It's really close. we got one more thing we're going to do here, and I think it's going to give you an idea of where we feel they're going to land. But the division standings this year. How's the NL Central going to shake out? Hmm. I have uh, Brewers, Cards, Cubs, Reds, and Pirates, but I don't think there's going to be a lot of daylight between those bottom three. It's going to be a pretty crappy division. Um, I think you can always flip the cards there, even though it looks like they really are punting this season, um, which is odd for them. Um, I think they trust their kids coming up a lot more than you think. But You know, because last year I believe we even had this conversation where we were talking about the, the Cardinals and the Brewers, and I always hate writing off the Cardinals because right. look what ended up happening again. Right. You know, it's just like every time you think that uh, that – they're probably not going to do it. They take advantage of a weak division. That's Yachty's last ride too. So a lot of, I mean, they signed Pulhos. They got Molina. Wainwright. Uh, they still got Wainwright. Um, so it seems like they are, I mean, they are going to have to be dependent on some younger guys. Um, I'll put, I'll go Brewers. Cardinals, Cubs, Pirates, Reds. All right, so you got the Reds last, which I can understand. I, I kind of toyed with that too. And I, again, I don't think those bottom three are going to have a whole lot of separation. They're not. And the last thing I'll say is whoever wins this division couldn't win the East or West. <laughs> so, like, no. this division's going to stink out loud. I'm sorry, folks. And, and, like, the Brewers, the only reason I picked the Brewers, I, I think they're the best team on paper. But, boy, did they get lucky with pitching staying healthy last year. Mm. And I just don't see it again. I just don't. Two years in a row, that pitching not getting nicked up, man, it's a lot to ask. Yeah, I mean, maybe um, Yelich – Re regain some form that would help. I mean, they yeah. did do it with basically nothing from him. So um, it's there for the taking from one of those two teams. It, I, I, I really can't imagine it being any of the other three that could yeah. even, this is it for the Brewers too. They're going to have to, they're going to have to blow it up after this pretty much. So um, yeah, let's, you know, as, as somebody that, you know, has enjoyed watching the way they've built this thing up. 
I know that pitching staff isn't going to hold together much longer. So um, we'll see how it goes. Here it is, Jim. Pirates record prediction for the year 2022. And you're not getting out of it this time. You are first. What do you got? All right. I've got... 68 and 94. Okay. 68 um, and 94. I'll let you tell me yours and then we can dive into why. We're really close. I have 70 and 92. Okay. So um, we're right in the ballpark there. We're both above the betting line. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Um, mine is mostly based on I just see too much talent pushing its way onto the team. Um, late in the season. And I think this division sucks. A <laughs> That's lot, a big... Well, but I think it sucks worse than a lot of people really get. And and I think that the Pirates are going to take advantage of, of, a, of a division that isn't as far ahead of them as it usually is. So I'm not, I'm not even predicting they're going to climb out of the cellar, as you heard. I just think they're going to find a way to to uh, rack up a few more wins this year. And uh, I do think we're going to hit 70, which to me will be fair for where we are. So, Yeah, I mean, first thing out of the gate, and that's why maybe people shouldn't get too caught up in the record is calling it a stinky division is is not being harsh enough. So you're going to see, I think, some improvement just on the fact that it's worse. it's a worse division than it was last year. Yeah. Um, combine that with, I think, a roster that even from opening day is slightly better. It's hard to be worse than 102 losses from last year. Um, so I'm sitting on an eight-game improvement from last season. Um, yep. If that were if that were to be the case, I, you know, I think that that sounds about right. Eight. Like you're at ten games, be hard to do more than that. Even, yeah, because this team's still going to struggle scoring runs. And I know, look, yeah. I know they hit a bunch of home runs in spring training. We know what that means. Well, we're not um, a blow your smoke. We're not a blow smoke up your ass podcast. But I'm not going to sit here and predict they're going to go 500 or they're going to be in the wild card race. I do think that um, towards the end of the season, you know, August ish, uh, I I think you start to see a lot of the the guys that we're looking to as the next wave start to come up. It starts to be a lot more fun. And the product itself, um, as far as the, the record, yeah. It's not going to be great. But it's hard for me to act surprised. I've literally been writing it. It's documented for, <laughs> since yeah. 2020 that this is what I thought this year was going to be. And so I'm not going to sit here and act surprised now. It is what it is. No, and you know we're gonna see some some uh, hope springs eternal predictions from people, and that's fine. It's the start of baseball season. Yeah, if, it, everybody's zero and zero at the beginning, brother. Like, yeah, it yeah. I mean, if 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 you want to go there, great. Um, I promise. Unless unless your prediction starts with an eight for the wins, uh, then I'll probably uh, snicker and laugh at you a little bit. But other than that, man, have fun with it. Dude, if Hearts I wasn't are... if I wasn't fresh out of high school in ninety seven for the freak show, I can't even begin to tell you what my prediction would have been for that year. 
Yeah. I would have told you they would have lost, you know, 140 games, you know, like a lot of people talk about now. Um, they were in the wild card race. Right. So, uh, or pennant race until the last series of the season. If you want optimism, the optimism lies entirely in the fact that at the beginning of the season, everybody's O and O. This division stinks. And the entire roster, for the most part, is constructed with young guys with higher ceilings than we've had in the past couple years. And there's a chance that some of them could meet their ceilings. Yep. There's also a chance that some of them just fall completely off the table. And that's kind of where I err towards that side. But, you know, the record prediction is what we have. And I think that's it. And, Jim, that's probably a great place to stop. We really wanted to try to have a tidy show today and prove we could do it. We did it, Gary. We did it. We're pretty close. We're pretty close. So um, thank you all for joining us special episode here on on wednesday night here on dk pittsburgh sports podcasting network um thanks again to dayon eddie and everybody else for giving us the space we really appreciate it and uh hey we'll be right back on friday with another episode we'll That's definitely right. have the roster nailed down by then only we'll have an entire game to complain about by then so like yeah pretty excited about that and uh yeah anything else jim no, uh, it's always fun to open the season against the Cardinals. Maybe we'll catch them, catch them early here, and uh, and then it looks like for opening day here in Pittsburgh, it looks like the weather is going to be really good. It's shaping up. Yeah, so, sun, sunny and seventy degrees. I'm pretty excited. So yeah, so um, yeah, I should also yeah. say I'll be down at the game. Um, maybe I'll tweet out something, and maybe we'll meet up or something around the seventh inning stretch or something if everybody's interested. Uh, Something like that, but and I will be uh, in Richmond, Virginia, watching the Curve play. Yeah. So that same day, so we'll we'll have you covered. Either way, either way, we got you. Absolutely. So hey, without further ado, I think we both owe the fans a good hearty. Let's go, Bucks! It's going to be a fun season. Let's just enjoy it for what it is. It's it's the last season where we can truly say, this team's rebuilding. They shouldn't have to spend next Pre- year pressure is going to be on after this year yeah. next year we really get to start hammering so that's right let's go bucks and now let's hear a cute little kid say it let's go bucks